Welcome to Magic Time post-game report for the Moncton Magic game March 12th versus the Sudbury Five. I'm Scott Squires. Joining me on the podcast for the post-game is my broadcast partner on NBLC Live, Moncton Magic Games, Dave Tingley. And Dave, uh, an interesting one, to say the least, if you're a Moncton Magic fan. Uh, not often that Moncton scores 128 points at home and comes away with a W, or excuse me, an L, I should say. <laughs> you would expect a W with 128 points for the Moncton Magic, but uh, they were outscored 136 128 by the second highest offensive scoring team in the NBLC, the Sudbury Five. Uh, your quick impressions. I know there's a lot to sink our teeth into here, but uh, you know, just kind of your quick takeaways from that Sudbury Five win. Well, I mean, the, the quick takeaway for me, if, if I'm a Sudbury Five fan, is we talked about on the broadcast a little bit that it's 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 proof that my guys can win in different ways, and with the playoffs coming, this. You know, freshman franchise has really got something cooking there. I mean, 33s t- attempted, only nine made, both well off season averages. But Maurice Jones Sr. just was everything tonight 41 points, seven assists, five boards, getting to the rim at will. And when I say at will, I'm not exaggerating. He was, it was a, it was just a revolving door of, of guys parading into the paint and walk into that rim and get and finish him with layups in that second half. And it was really, it was tough to watch as a Magic fan. And I think that's that's the main point you get, you get concerned about if you're the Magic defensively is how easy it was for them to slice you up, not doing what they normally do to slice people up and, and score those points. So that's really encouraging if you're a Five fan. Well, and for the Sudbury Five, you know, again, the second best offensive team in the league but Maurice Jones Sr., that was only his sixth game with this team tonight. He has brought a new dimension and a new wrinkle to this squad. And, and I'm just wondering, as I sit here now, if perhaps the Moncton Magic, and look, they know Jones Sr. is there, and I'm sure they game plan for him. But I'm wondering if Moncton maybe game planned a little more for that outside three-point shooting game and, and kind of forgot about Maurice Jones Sr. a little bit. And by the time Jones Sr. got going, he just all of a sudden felt a world of confidence and felt like he just couldn't be stopped. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they. You're right. I don't. They, it wouldn't be something so much forgetting them, but they 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 sold out to maybe they sold out a little bit maybe to to to, to work to their strength, which was uh, work against their strength, which is shutting down that three point line. That um, they just it was just poor execution. At part two of that was if you're going to shut down that line. You've got that. That would have been in, in their conversation. That we're, if we're going to shut down that line, they're going to be trying to attack our closeouts and go past us. And they did, and they got to the rim just whenever they wanted, particularly in the second half. And most of the time, it was Maurice Maurice Jones, and there was really no, it was just it was just shocking how many straight line drives with very little resistance and rotation over there were. And it wasn't just Jones either. It was I mean, Bland got a couple of walks in the hoop. Braylon Rayson got to the hoop quite a few times. And these guys are, are normally guys that are looking to break you down and shoot over the top. And that just, they didn't have to tonight. They got to the rim. Well, and we wondered coming into this game, <clears throat> pardon me, Moncton the second best defense in the league. And as we know, Sudbury, second best offense. So we were wondering, will it be a defensive style game? Will Moncton impose their will? Or will Sudbury kind of get Moncton into an offensive track meet and mix it up? We know the answer. How much from what you saw was perhaps Moncton getting caught up in the Sudbury style? 
Yeah, well, and, and, and I think part of Sudbury's thing is you, you talked about tonight a little bit how they um, defense isn't their main concern, and I think that's fair. Their, their, game, their, their game plan is around, look, this is our strength. We are a very good three-point shooting team with a lot of talent to make shots. So let's play to our strength. Defensively, we're not going to forget about that end of the floor, but playing to our strength is if we shoot more threes than the other team, if, if, if the other team gets into a three-point shooting contest with us, we're going to win that most of the time because we feel like we got the best team in the league at that particular skill set. So we're not going to... Not that they don't want to guard the three-point line, but they're as, their game plan is to sag back more into the paint and to allow more, even from quality three-point shooters, maybe not allow the three, but they're going to they're gonna cheat more towards against against the drive and try to make you get into a three-point shooting contest. And yeah, if they can... And, and I think in the first half, Moncton got caught up on that a little bit, but still managed to maintain the lead, which really was buoyed my confidence as, a, as an observer for their second half. But I mean, in the second half again, it was a it was just a waltz into the lane for, for Maurice Jones. 74-70, Moncton in the lead at the half. Uh, we weren't sure what the second half would bring. There was not as much offense, but almost as much offense. On the Moncton side of the ball, uh, Wayne McCullough, player of the game tonight, but uh, in a loss, sometimes it's hard to dig for the positive, but uh, what did you like from Moncton's side tonight? Well, yeah, I, I mean, and there's lots of positive. And I think, look, if, if you're Moncton, you look at, um, okay, we lost to a pretty good team. Uh, we, lost by eight, we lost by eight points, and you lost by that with last night's player of the game, Billy White, missing 15 shots, a bunch of those in the paint. Uh, missing six for two, uh, only made two of his eight free throws. If he even has a normal game for him shooting, shooting wise, um, you know, we're, we're, you're probably looking at a Moncton victory. Probably. I mean, other things could change, but uh, certainly, certainly it's going to be a, a tight game instead of uh, the eight point difference at the end. But um, yeah, certainly a lot of stuff went well offensively for them. I mean, Wayne McCullough making some shots is great news because in our post game interview, he said, I haven't made shots all year, and that's overdoing it a little bit. That's a guy kind of beating up, up on himself a little bit, but certainly we've talked about it consistently throughout the year. The one thing that's been missing from his game is a consistent three-point shot, and he got off, he got off uh, uh, what, seven tonight and made six? I mean, that's not going to be him every night, but if he can go three for seven, two for six, you know, nights like that to keep the defense honest... Uh, because heaven knows he's he's effective driving the ball to the basket as he was tonight a couple times when they started cheating out on him. So uh, and he and, and coach uh, coach uh, uh, Slender wants him on the floor for his defense and he was terrific defensively tonight. Um, he got beat a few times even by by Maurice Jones Jr. But every senior everybody did. Uh, but he did a very good job on on the Bland particularly. And this Sudbury Five team, uh, they're a fun team to watch. Even their head coach Logan Stutz said to me prior to the game. Or I sort of be at the half, you know, when I chatted to him for a sec, he said, "Hey, he said we got a fun team." And he said the the fans back home in Sudbury, they have a great time when they come out and watch this team play. I don't know how much fun it was tonight for the Moncton Magic. If you're the Moncton Magic coaching staff, do you just take this one, clump it up in a ball, and toss it in the trash and chalk it up to whatever, or do you sit down and do you break it down? And do you really dig in? To how they allowed Sudbury to kind of dictate the pace. Yeah, I think I think the the second one. I mean, I don't think you throw that one out. There's a, there was a, there was a loss they a bad loss they had 
a few weeks back in St. John where just nothing went right. They didn't make shots. They didn't compete defensively. That one you, you toss out. This one, they competed defensively. They executed that part of the game plan that they set out to, and they, they shut them down at the three-point line. But you've got to be concerned about... This is now a couple times they've had guys recently waltz in the building and put up 40 points. I mean, we talk about KW. They came in, and, and uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Ed... Uh, uh, gosh, I'm, 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 uh, Horton. Gosh, sorry, Ed Horton. Had a good day, good game tonight, and by the way, we should mention that KW coming out of uh, St. John's with a win tonight, keeping their playoff hopes alive. I mean, if you would have told me tonight that Sudbury would have come up with a victory, I would have said that, that's the death knell for KW. But um, So they're still chasing a Sudbury in the standings, but, I mean, Ed Horton came in and dumped 40 on us here tonight. Maurice Jones dumping 40 on us. Guillaume Bucar and, and, the, and the Island Storm put up 120 uh, just last night. So, I mean... There's, it's a concern. The, the, you you can't junk it up and throw it out. It's become too much of a pattern, and you've got to address it with the team. Now it's a team game, and, and you need everybody to come together to execute the game plan. But how much of a coincidence is it that what's been going on lately on the defensive side for Moncton uh, might be in correlation to Nick Evans not being on the floor? You've got something there because part of the problem tonight, and we can talk about calls that were missed, and we talked a lot about on the broadcast about how it was a salty, salty environment there tonight. Nobody was happy with the referees, it didn't seem like tonight. And the reason was, I don't think the referees necessarily won or lost the game for anybody, but it seemed like the whistle was very inconsistent when it came to the ball driving into the lane and who was getting called for what. Uh, when and it would just seem to be a little bit arbitrary, tough for the coaches to understand, tough for the players to understand who is going to get a call when, and uh, it, it, it really was tough and out of hand. And when Denzel Taylor gets into foul trouble and he's in trouble, foul trouble all night, that it spells trouble for trying to stop Maurice Jones Sr. because he's that guy, the best guy that the Magic have on that pick and roll. Nick Evans probably would be number two. He's been terrific defensively for them this year. And with with uh, uh, Denzel and Billy both struggling with foul trouble all night, they managed to stay on the floor for a bulk of that game. Billy stayed in all the way to the end, but it affects how aggressive you can be in those situations, stopping the ball. It really does. Denzel had to be a little bit hands-off. Billy, a little bit hands-off. So that really affects it. And Nick having that third body to be that guy... Obviously, it's going to affect it. And I think, yeah, he's going to make them much better defensively when he comes back. So the Moncton Magic, for only the third time this regular season, lose uh, on home court as Sudbury gets the win tonight. Um, You know, we talked about Wayne McCullough. We talked about Billy White. Um, You know, what else kind of jumped out at you tonight in this game? And, And something for me... There were so many things in this kind of wild and crazy game, but there was a point in that late in the game where Jason Caliste got called for an unsportsmanlike. Yep. That gave free throws to the Sudbury Five and possession. And now, look, there's a lot of different things, but for me, that was a pretty pivotal moment, and that kind of maybe sealed the deal a little bit for Sudbury. And it was, and, and kudos goes to goes to Coach Stutz and Sudbury for running a really effective play out of that timeout. Um, they would have had they 
the Magic were selling out trying to, to deny the ball in bounds, and they called a really smart play. That when they're gonna, when, if you're gonna send somebody over the top of the defense long in that situation, it's usually gonna be one of your athletes, one of your big guys. They sent Maurice Jones Senior long, which was a which was a clever play. You don't usually send the the, the five eight guy long for that pass, and he beat and it was well executed. And Khalees had no choice but to try to grab him. But I don't think Jason did really did anything wrong. It's it's more it's ha- and we heard the referee say it's the rule, Joe, explaining it uh, to him. Uh, referee Jeff Smith saying, and I think it was a good call. I think it was a really unpopular call, but it was a good one. I'd be interested to see hear what what Joe has to say about it, but. He just he reached over the top and and really couldn't make an effective play of the ball and really just gave him kind of a whack around the shoulder and in that situation you're kind of risking the referee having to make what is the proper call you can disagree with the rule and I kind of do I mean that's kind of a and I and I think Joe's point is if you talk to him you don't have to make that call as a referee you can go okay they need to make a foul here. So we're just going to let it be a foul and have him shoot free throws and give Moncton the ball back. But at the same time, it's the rule. I mean, it's the rule. Yeah, yeah. well, that's exactly it. And, and as the referee, that's the, that's the easy fallback position. Yeah. That's the rule. Of, I, I called it by the book. Yeah. So be it. Yeah. I guess in the grand scheme of things... Um, you know, a funny way of looking at it, and I have a, I have a funny. You way always of, have a funny way of, of finding. A funny I love way that about you to look at things. <laughs> but from the Moncton Magic standpoint, it's, it almost might be better in the long run that they did lose this game, because if they had been able to come out and kind of have the defensive effort that they had, which wasn't a typical Moncton defensive effort, and if they had been able to run and gun and got the win. I don't know if it would have been as helpful to them because I think they're really going to go back to the drawing board now yeah. and look at some things and go, okay, how do we make sure that that doesn't happen again? Yeah. Well, that's the well, that's the that's the big sticking point, right? I mean, this time of year, you're hoping to have more answers than questions. I think a bunch of the questions are answered by having Trey Kell and Nick Evans back in the lineup. I think that answers a lot of your questions, but you certainly have to be concerned with how, with the point totals that they're giving up to particularly small guards that are able to get into the lane, or, you know, in the case of Guillaume Bucar, uh, lengthy, strong, you know, guys like that, just being able to get into the lane consistently. So it's definitely a point of emphasis. Well, you make a good point. Like we talked about Nick Evans not being in second game in a row. Well, Trey Kell went down early in the first quarter last night and he missed tonight, which forced the hand of Coach Joe Slarner having to put Corey Almond at the one. And not that Corey can't play at the one, but it's not really where he's most comfortable, most effective. Mm-hmm. So when you've got guys like Nick Evans out and a Trey Kell out, all of a sudden you got to tinker with the lineup. you got to put guys maybe in positions that they're not overly comfortable with, and it throws the sink off just a little bit. But again, you can't take anything away from the Sudbury Five. I think they had a really good game plan, as you said, and they came in. And they executed it, and they kind of hypnotized the Moncton Magic and got Moncton to kind of hop on the offensive bandwagon yeah. and play the five style. And listen, do I think that the Magic would lose to them in a seven-game series? I don't, because I think in a seven-game series they would adapt a little bit and impose their will a little bit on, on Sudbury. So I think they're the better team, but listen, on a one-game basis... 
they come in here and prove that they've got they've you got, they got to be taken seriously. Now I had an anecdote to tell about. Oh, I love uh, your anecdotes. I know, right? Hey, our server is here. We can bring her into the podcast. Yeah, we'll have to pull up a seat. Her. Pull up a seat. We'll ask you some questions. Become, what, do you want to become part of the podcast? Asia? Oh, and she's oh, gone. Oh, and she's gone. Nothing gets rid of a crowd. <laughs> like trying to get someone on the trying podcast. To put them on the <laughs> but there was a there was a story that I had to tell about Freddie McSwain Jr. tonight, and I'm not going to give it here. But all oh. I'm going to say is. The next home broadcast, which is next Tuesday uh, at the Avenue Center versus the Windsor Express. Make sure you tune in because it's a really, really cool story about another sport that Freddie McSwain participated in back in high school days. And it wasn't basketball and it was not football, but he was really, really good at it. Badminton. No. Damn it. And it was not table tennis and it was not bocce. (laughs) But no, please check that out because I I talked to him about it tonight. Very cool, although it does have to do with his very, very excellent athletic ability. But we'll leave it at that. All right, you're a cheese. So let's look ahead now for the Moncton Magic. We know that the next big thing on their bucket list is to secure first overall in the NBLC and get home court throughout the playoffs. Coming into tonight, a couple of teams still had a chance to catch them. But the biggest one in terms of Magic number are the Windsor Express. They played Windsor once. Mm -hmm. Windsor beat them. Yeah. They've got another game against Windsor yeah. at home next Tuesday. But the magic number is still three. Yep. And they've got, I think, five games left now. Yep. So they've got to win three out of the next five. Looking at the way Moncton plays, looking at how well they do at home, and again, this might seem like the obvious question, but how much is that a big deal for the Moncton Magic to get home court throughout the playoffs? It's massive. It's 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 everything you play the regular season for because um, when you look at, well, three losses on the air. They're incredibly difficult to beat in that building. Um, and, and, and you've got to, and, and from a... Everywhere from a, a, a on the floor advantage from the from the support that they get and the comfort they have of playing in there to the franchise as a whole, um, you know this this is a point of pride for them. They they had six years of the miracles in this city that was up and down, uh, not a lot of playoff appearances, um, not a lot of milestones, and in two years they've now set with their next win and the next win of this regular season they'll set a new uh, a Moncton franchise record for wins beating last year um, they've never had uh, obviously a home court advantage throughout the playoffs Joe Salerno's never had it in his years coaching in this league and he really wants it bad for him that's a it, a regular season uh, a title like that it means something it means something for the team it means something for the franchise and that obviously means something to Joe he's mentioned it and he wants it I know that Uh, A tough schedule down the stretch for the Moncton Magic. They've got to make that Ontario road trip to end out the season. Uh, Do you think it's going to help or hinder the Magic to kind of finish out the regular year on that road trip? I don't don't think so, no. And and Coach actually mentioned that when we talked about it uh, last week a little bit. I don't think he... They're they're seeing it as as a uh, as a positive. They get that they get a taste of these teams towards the end of the year, towards the playoffs. Some of the, some of the eastern teams they have their west their Ontario trip early in the year. They get this taste of these teams at the end of the year, heading into the playoffs. A little closer to that playoff time, the rosters are complete. There's not going to be very much difference now between the rosters now and playoffs. Some guys might come back from injuries, but you pretty much know what you're getting. So. 
I think it's an advantage for them. There's, it's not like it's going to be uh, a taxing trip for them. Uh, the team takes care of the, 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 the franchise takes care of these guys on travel, make sure they're comfortable. When they get back in town, they'll have plenty of time to adjust. Somebody's going to be coming to them. They're not going to have to travel those first couple of uh, playoff games. And final thing before we wrap up here, we talked about it on the broadcast. Uh, a really cool and neat story and a, and a special night. He didn't get to see any game action on the floor. Yeah. But uh, Mike Fernandez, yeah. uh, an alum of St. Francis Xavier University down in Antigonish, yeah. uh, played for Coach Steve Kachalski, the winningest, winningest basketball coach uh, in university sports in Canada. Uh, he got to sign his first ever pro contract. He, he did. got to dress yep. in his first ever pro game. Talk, Mark got to talk to me pregame. And, yeah, and, and kind of a neat story about how it, <laughs> it how it was that the Magic wanted to kind of yeah. give him that little uh, moment to sign that contract and, and yeah. get him dressed tonight. Yeah, Mark's been he's been practicing with them all year. Um, the guys say he makes everything he looks at in practice. He's a dead-eye three-point shooter. Um, he's got a great attitude. I mean, the smile never left his face, even at the end of the game. He didn't get into the game. He didn't play. Uh, lots of pictures taken with uh, Coach Todd McKillop, who went to X. And, um, you know, it looked like he had some, some friends there. So, yeah, really, really nice moment for him. And, and, and hopefully he it's not the last of last pro contract he's going to sign. Who knows what's, what the future holds for him, but... He is a small, even in even in warmups, and he is quick. I mean, yeah. I hope we get to see him on the floor a little bit before his contract is up. Yeah, well, congratulations to Mike Fernandez uh, for signing the pro contract and getting to dress in his first ever pro game. And shout out to the Moncton Magic as well for making that happen. And yeah. again, look, coach said he earned it. Yeah. But again, the, the, the team didn't have to do it; they did, and yeah. it's certainly a nice moment, something yeah. that I'm sure Fernandez will never forget. So, Moncton's got to regroup, Dave. Uh, I guess. You know, let's let's put your coach's hat on for one sec before we go here. Yep. What would be the biggest message you would give to the Moncton Magic if you were their coach after tonight's game, or even tomorrow, or whenever breaking down film? <laughs> Boy, that, it would be. Uh, look, I don't know where Joe might be in a different headspace from me because I know what I don't know what their game plan exactly was going into that. Um, but it's definitely a a message of look, we're getting two good players back before playoffs, so yeah. We're going to be in better shape, but um, we're a better defensive team than that. Like that's that you guys played well offensively. We're a better defensive team than that, and we've got to show that in these road games coming up because uh, this isn't over yet. The magic number is not zero; it's three. And Windsor's not going to go. Windsor's going to look at tonight and go, "Okay, all right, we're still we're still here. We got a game against them in a week. Maybe we're still in this." So they're not going to they're not going to give up that number one that hope for the the number one spot easily well that wraps it up for this post game edition for magic time again the Sudbury five come into the Avenir center and hand the month of magic only their third loss on home court this season 136 128 your final score on behalf of my partner dave tingley i'm scott squires thanks for checking out the post game podcast we'll be back to do it all again next week after the game versus the Windsor Express, the last regular season home game for the Moncton Magic. I'm Scott Squires. So long. And remember, friends, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.